Hello and welcome back to the Fantasy Playmakers. What's up guys? In today's video, I'm going to be going through my weekly rankings for the running back position. So today I'm going to be posting my running back, wide receiver, quarterback, and tight end rankings for week three. But this specific video is going to be my top 30 running backs. While you guys are watching this, if you're enjoying the content, please just hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. It could be start sit questions, waiver questions, trade advice, any of that stuff, drop it down below and I'll make sure to respond to your comment. But let's just get right into the video, starting off with number 30 and it's going to be James Robinson. I've talked about this in a lot of the videos this week. I just don't have any confidence in this Jaguars offense. You know, it did seem like he kind of established himself as the clear RB1 over Carlos Hyde, but I don't even know how valuable that is in this offense because they're not going to put up a lot of points and the defense is so bad and the offense is so bad that they tend to get down really early, which definitely limits the overall rushing opportunities. So I really view him as like a mid-tier running back three. Then at 29, I have Josh Jacobs. And honestly, if I had to make a guess, I don't think he's going to be playing this week. John Gruden said that he was very questionable. I'm kind of taking that to mean that he's probably doubtful to play, but if he is in the lineup, this is where he would slot in. At number 28, I have James White, and he's really established himself as an integral part of this offense. He has 13 targets and nine carries in the first two games. Right now, he's the RB13 in PPR scoring. So I mean, a solid like high-end RB2 so far. And really, this Patriots offense just runs through those running backs. It's James White in the receiving game, and then Damian Harris on the ground. So he's really not a bad flex play, and honestly, a pretty solid one if you are in a PPR league. Then I have Leonard Fournette here at 27, and this Bucks backfield has really turned into who can lose the job first. Fournette and Rojo are in a tough competition to see who can make the most mistakes. And right now, I think Ronald Jones is winning. So I do think Leonard Fournette is going to be the guy they kind of rely on. And even though he's not super trustworthy, you know, the top running back in this high scoring Buccaneers offense is going to have some value. You know, the RBs haven't gotten into the end zone yet. Brady's been passing for a lot of those touchdowns, but it's bound to happen. And even though it's a tough matchup this week, I think he's still a solid RB3 play. Then at 26, I have Mike Davis, and he's definitely been a little bit of a disappointment so far this season. The opportunities are there. Overall, this offense just hasn't had a ton of upside, so he hasn't been super efficient, and there also haven't been a lot of scoring opportunities. So he's kind of here as a high-end RB3, but I do think this could be a week where he puts together a decently solid performance. Then I have Kareem Hunt here at 25. Kareem Hunt's weekly performances really just come down to whether or not he can get into the end zone. Nick Chubb's going to be the guy who's getting the volume. And Kareem Hunt hasn't seen a ton of work in the receiving game. So basically, are you willing to bet on him getting into the end zone? Then at 24, I have Elijah Mitchell. And this could definitely get shaken up. You know, once we learn more about these 49ers injuries in that backfield, Mitchell may not even be good to go. But of the three running backs they have right now, I do think he's probably the most likely to play. And if he's the RB1, he's still going to be a solid start. Then I have Tyson Williams from the Ravens here at 23. You know, he's honestly been pretty solid the first two weeks of the season. You know, he's not getting crazy volume, but that's really never what we expected out of this Ravens backfield. If it was J.K. Dobbins, if it was Gus Edwards, they probably weren't going to be getting 16, 17 carries a game. 
That's really just not how the Ravens run their offense. So as long as he can continue to have involvement in the receiving game, he should continue being a solid like low-end RB2 play. Then I have Chase Edmonds at 22, Miles Gaskin at 21, and I think these guys are very similar. They're not going to get a ton of volume. They're competing for touches out of their backfield, but they both are the top receiving backs on their team. I just have Miles Gaskin one slot higher because Tua is going to be out. You know, that could work against him because Tua likes to rely on him. But I also think if it's Brissett in the game, they're probably going to have to lean on these running backs a little bit more which could give Gaskin some more touches. Now we're moving on to the next 10 running backs for week three. And here at 20, it's going to be Daryl Henderson. He's not a lock to play this week. He's dealing with an injury. So obviously if he's out of the lineup, he would just be off the list entirely. But he's been very impressive so far this season. I really like his overall usage. He's basically been the clear workhorse on that team. You know, prior to his injury, Sony Michelle was getting very few looks. He does have a tougher matchup this week against the Bucks, which is why he's lower. You know, if this was a normal matchup, he'd probably be more of a mid to high end RB2. But I mean, it's been pretty well documented. Running backs tend to struggle against that Buccaneers run defense. After Daryl Henderson, I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire here at 19. You know, he's really just been super disappointing to start off the season. I still think he's going to be the RB1 for the Chiefs. It's just tough that he had that really rough game and it was on primetime. Like everyone was watching that, a huge fumble basically to lose the game. So that's definitely not ideal. If you were able to sell him, you know, for anything close to his preseason value, then good on you. But if you're struggling to get any value in return for him, I feel like you just have to hold and kind of hope he has a really nice week three and then move him after that. Then we have Damian Harris here at 18. For James White, I talked about how the Patriots run that offense through the running backs. And Damian Harris is the guy who gets it done on the ground. He's getting the majority of the carries and they really just like to grind it out with Harris. So he's a very solid mid-tier RB2. Then I have Miles Sanders here at 17. Just another one of these guys that's probably going to be in the mid-tier RB2 range the entire season. You know, you just feel very solid with them in your lineup. DeAndre Swift here at number 16. And honestly, this feels a little bit low just because the Lions do like to rely on him. They're going to get him his touches. There's just a lot of these top running backs here that could be flipped around in a variety of orders. So I'm going to have Swift here at 16 just because that touchdown upside is not going to be there on a week-to-week basis. I have Ezekiel Elliott here at 15, and I'm pretty concerned with Zeke, to be honest. It seems like he's going to be losing touches to Tony Pollard, and if he's splitting touches, I just don't think his upside is what we were thinking, you know, going into the season. So he's someone where if he's on my roster, I would be trying to move him. You know, don't panic sell. He's still going to be solid, you know, probably borderline RB1 for the rest of the year. But this week, you know, I kind of just want to wait and see what this usage is like out of that Cowboys backfield. Then at 14, I have David Montgomery. You know, he's had a solid start to the season, nothing crazy. We do have Justin Fields making his first start this year. So we'll kind of see how that affects David Montgomery moving forward. Then at 13, I have Saquon Barkley. And I really think this could be his major breakout here in week three. Obviously, we all know a very slow start coming off of that ACL tear, but that was to be expected right? Like if you guys drafted Saquon Barkley, you should not be panicking after two weeks because I feel like this is kind of what we had to expect. You know, there was no guarantee he was even going to play in week one when you guys drafted him. And he only played 48% of the snaps in week one. So obviously that's not good, but then that bumped up to 84% week two. And remember that was a Thursday night football game. So he's basically had a week and a half to rest now going into week three. This is a very solid matchup against a weak Falcons defense. 
So if Saquon is going to break out, it should be this week. So that's why I have him here as a borderline RB1. Then I've got Antonio Gibson coming in here at number 12. You know, didn't have a super hot week two performance, but I still think he's going to be the main guy for the Washington football team. It was just really a tough game script week two. So not something I'm going to read too much into. I then have Chris Carson here at number 11. I absolutely love the way the Seahawks have been using him. They've been using him as the complete workhorse. You know, these other running backs have barely been getting involved at all. It has been all Chris Carson, and that is what you love to see. Then I have Najee Harris here at number 10. Had a nice bounce back week two performance after his kind of poor week one, but that's really to be expected when you're looking at his usage. I'm pretty sure these other Steelers running backs only have three total snaps in the first two games. So Najee Harris has probably the biggest monopoly over that backfield you know, for any running back in the NFL. At number nine, I have Joe Mixon. And if you wanted to make an argument for monopolies over backfield, Joe Mixon would be in that conversation. You know, I do think he's getting less of a snap share than Najee, but he's probably going to be getting more touches overall. So both of those guys should be locked in RB1s. Then I have Jonathan Taylor here at number eight. I really like his involvement in the receiving game so far this year. So if that can continue, he's going to run behind this nice Colts offensive line. He should be in for a very solid week. I have Nick Chubb at number seven. He really has picked up where he left off from last year. Just been super efficient on the ground. Great at getting into the end zone. So he's, you know, a mid-tier RB1 this week. Then I have Alvin Kamara here at number six. He does take a little bit of a bump from last week. This Saints offense has just looked very dysfunctional. And obviously that's not great for Alvin Kamara. They really haven't been feeding him the ball the way I was expecting them to. He just hasn't been that sole focus of the offense that Alvin Kamara owners would definitely want. And I've kind of been surprised because the offense, you know, at least week two looked terrible. So you think you would want to give your best player the ball, but I still think he's going to be involved. I would not worry. Just, you know, a little bit lower on him for week three. I have Austin Eckler here at number five, and he had a great bounce back in week two. The big storyline for Eckler after week one was like, oh, what happened? He wasn't targeted. And I was kind of saying, you know, I feel like this is going to be a fluke. They didn't even know they would have him. So, you know, was he super involved in the game plan? Then he comes out week two. They knew he was going to be in the lineup and then he receives a nine targets. So he is still going to be the target hog out of that backfield. He's playing the Chiefs this week and they've given up the fourth most points to the running back position. So this is a great matchup for Austin Eckler. And then I also think this game script is going to benefit him tremendously. The Chiefs are going to be putting points up on the board. The Chargers are going to need to keep up with them. And that means they're going to continue to pass the ball to Austin Eckler. He's really one of these running backs that can thrive in any type of game script. You know, he can pound the ball. I feel like that honestly doesn't favor him as much because they could rely on some of those other backs in that backfield. But I mean, if they're behind, he's 100% going to be on the field getting involved in the passing game. And that is great for fantasy football production. And then we're on to the top four, which should look pretty familiar. Aaron Jones coming in here at number four after his amazing week two performance, a big bounce back from week one. Then Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, and Christian McCaffrey coming at three, two, and one pretty expected from those guys. They've all had really nice starts to the season and I expect them to continue that going into week three. All right, so those are my top 30 running back rankings for week three of the NFL season. If you guys enjoy the content, please just hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Let me know your thoughts down below in the comment section. And then also go check out my weekly rankings for the wide receivers, tight ends, and quarterbacks. But that's all I have for you guys today. Thank you for stopping by and I'll see you next time.